0: had a pregnant girlfriend for a
1: Most wonderful greetings to each and every one of you. Thank you so much for stopping by Paranormal Prowlers Podcast. I'm your host, Tessa Morrow, and those awesome tunes, as always, well, those are courtesy of the awesome country legend, Bobby Mackey. Hoping each and every one of you had an amazing Christmas and that you're ready for the new year, as I certainly am. Can you believe this is the last episode of the year 2020? I don't know, usually the years just seem to fly right by for me anyways, but man, this year was a really weird one, and I think most will agree with me when I say that. Let's hope that the year 2021 is full of joy and happiness and jam-packed with new adventures and spooky investigations and, well, you get the drift. After 2020, 2021 has to be epic. This is the last episode of the year, folks. Let's do this. Remember for Halloween when I had all those amazing people on? Some I read their encounters like this amazing medium named Kevin Paul. I read several of his experiences. Now, Kevin Paul, he is an international psychic and medium, as well as an educator, a writer, a speaker, and a trusted source for private readings. As a paranormal investigator, he not only uncovers the issues, he also provides house cleansings, rituals, and advice. Kevin Paul, my friend, thank you so very much for joining me. I know it was just earlier in December where I was on your phenomenal show, that being Kevin Paul Psychic Medium's live show. And boy, we just had so much fun together. I'm excited to return the favor and have you on. So welcome to Paranormal Prowler's podcast.
0: Thank you, Tessa. It, it's, it was fun to to do my video live on Facebook with you and to learn them all about you. It's it's fun to understand what's, what people are doing in their lives, especially in this world of paranormal. So I enjoyed interviewing you, and I'm really pleased to have been asked to, to be on your show. I've heard lots of good things of, about you over the years. Like, oh, gosh, I need to, I, <laughs> you know, find out how I can get in touch with her and how I can interview her and all that good stuff. So I'm glad to finally be here.
1: Oh, pleasure is all mine. Thank you. Yeah, and I enjoy seeing things on your page, too, and um, hearing about you as well. And so, yeah, it was fun being on your show. And I have to say, I always kid around going, there's a reason why I'm on podcasts where people are listening to me and not watching me. I don't have a face for the TV, sweetheart. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh you look great you look great I mean you were in the you were in the garage we were able to look at you know the background of the what was in the garage it's like, oh, it's and that's part of the fun you know everyone everyone likes to see sometimes and uh And you certainly did a great job. So don't worry about it, girl. You did great.
1: (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, you know, it was kind of fun. Like, I know, like, one of your friends mentioned, hey, that's a nice bike in the garage there. And it's like, wouldn't that be genius if you had, like, an eBay store or something? And you're like, and behind me here is this uh, nice fish tank. Anybody want it? (laughs) Or, you know? Exactly.
0: (laughs) I think think they do it on TV. What's the name? You know, you can buy things. They're trying to sell things. Oh, like those
1: infomercials. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: but you're not in a garage, though. I think the garage gives it a more homeier feel.
0: It's a a garage sale.
1: (laughs) That's right. Virtual garage sale kind of thing. So
0: (laughs) I I think we've just kind of figured out a new idea.
1: I think so. We better copyright that, Kevin.
0: We'll try.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, Kevin, you know, you have the special gift of mediumship. When did you first discover this amazing, phenomenal, rare gift?
0: You know, that is a common question I get, and I never, I always kind of approach it from many different ways depending on the situation, but, and I love how everyone calls it, you know, a gift. What's interesting is, you know, when you're younger, you have no idea, you know, what you've got, what you don't have. You assume everyone is operating in the world the same way you are. So it takes a while for someone, you know, when you're younger to understand oh, that. you can't sense or feel or see or whatever what I do. And you're like, oh, that's interesting. So it's like I I didn't know. I didn't yeah. know. I just assumed everybody did. I was an empath in the sense that I was able to to read the emotions of other people. I could pick up on people really easily. Um, I could read their energy, but I didn't realize that stuff, oh, that's the way everybody operates And I I just knew stuff. I knew stuff, you know, and would understand things before it happened. And I just assumed everybody else did. Since I am a clairsentient, which means I gather information by sensing and feeling. I'm not a clairvoyant, so I'm not seeing, you know, a dead granny or, you know, a soldier walk across. So it wasn't that obvious to me. So not everyone is a clairvoyant. And I always say clairvoyants are wonderful because, you know, it's instant. A clairsentient, sensing and feeling, you just assume everybody else had, has that, those same feelings. So I was, I didn't know. I was just, you know, talking to the dead. I thought everybody only sensed, oh, I know my uncle's here. I need to, you know, chit-chat with him. So I sense spirit. And I can feel uh, their energy. I can feel and gather information about the personality and communicate by sensing and feeling and knowing. That's a claircognizant is the other clair or just knowing information. So as a clairsentient and claircognizant, it took me a while to figure out that those were unique abilities that not everybody has. And so it took me a while until I was like a teenager and I'm like and then found myself, you know, in a group learning about spirituality and psychics and how to develop your psychic ability. I'm thinking, oh, that's what the hell that is. Yeah. I didn't know. I had no idea since I'm a clairsentient. I just didn't see the dead walking around. That didn't freak me out. It was just a very gentle, graceful kind of, you know, development for me. So it, the key is, and I'm sure many of your listeners, you guys are out there who aren't clairvoyants, but you can gather information by sensing and feeling, but you don't know that. So it's just a matter of, you know, graceful, you know, transition and you really have to get training as a psychic or medium to understand how to use your your abilities and how you can use them. And that's what I teach students, because I love to teach, is to let them understand what their abilities are and then how you can use them on demand. So it took me a while. I just assumed everybody else was doing it, but you no, know, didn't until I was a teenager. Like, oh, oh, so you can't just pick up on the oh. I just assumed everybody could. Right. So it was it was kind of like stumbling into as everybody else typically does because I didn't have parents who were into this psychic or medium, and so I had no one to train me when I was younger. The difference between a psychic and a medium, most people don't understand. The psychic is someone who's able to pick up and to read the energy of the living. So I could, when I'm speaking with somebody, doing a reading for somebody, I can pick up on their past, their present, and where they're going in their future. And a medium is able to connect with spirit, those who have passed on, those who are no longer in this this world. Uh, so they're different, I'd say the uh, medium All mediums are psychic, but not all psychics are mediums, because they're different vibrations, different ways of picking up on it, and it does take training to be a medium, to really hone your skills, to fine-tune them, to probably, like, if it's, you know, you're an athlete, you know, you can be given a basketball, but, okay, yeah, you can naturally run, but, now you've got to learn these skills that, oh, you can naturally do, but you've got to practice them. You've have to have a good coach. You have to be able to, to do them, make mistakes, know when you're really successful, know when you're really bombed on, on doing a reading or trying to read the energy of something. Um, so training is really important for psychics and mediums uh, to really hone your, your skills and your craft. So that's really important.
1: No, that is very interesting, for sure, Kevin. And I just, I, I really do love talking with mediums. I just seem to be so attracted to talk to them. You know, I'm curious what they've been through, like, you know, how spirit communicates with them. And I know, because it's not like every single medium is the same. They're all different, you know, just like paranormal investigators, you guys, things are done differently. You have different processes and rituals and And they communicate with you differently and stuff. And so I always find that very, very interesting. I just love, love talking with mediums. And so, Kevin, talk with us, if you will. What was your first experience with the paranormal and supernatural?
0: Oh, I think is when I was in my 20s, reading books or finding myself, you know, reading books about people who were, investigating something or a spooky house or a haunted this or, or people communicate it's just it's just kind of like reading and then watching tv shows like oh it's, this is a thing this is what's going on oh this is what people are doing so it's just kind of like you know there's no mistakes in in our in our journeys of life so i thought oh, okay this was just Ultimately, part of my path, but I kind of felt like I stumbled into it. So, just a matter of books and then seeing things on television or seeing movies like the movie Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, this is, you know, terror. Yeah, you know, we were all terrified, of course. And then, as I get, you know, as you become more educated, you understand what the poltergeist phenomena is, has nothing to do with the movie. You know, it's like, oh, poltergeist. No, that energy is when a, a living human is it may be emotionally you know traumatized or super right. sensitive or whatever they're able to their energy is able to go out and manipulate things in their room or around them light bulbs popping or things flying across the room it's their energy that's propelling that we're not sure how but that's a poltergeist phenomena PK phenomena versus what we saw in the movie so you have to kind of like through education is to learn the difference and to understand what's going on. But, you know, that certainly sparked my interest in all that because I love, you know, spooky stuff. and Oh, yeah. And uh, ghosts and spirits. I'm like, what's the difference between ghosts and spirits? You know, so all those things are part of TV and television shows and movies and books. And it got me interested. But then when I started getting training, I really was able to to understand the difference and then learn to, you know, to communicate with those those entities, those energies, and understand how I can do it because everyone is a little different the way they gather information, and that's what mediumship is all about: is is understanding your ability to gather information, accurate information, and then using it for good. Absolutely. You know, whether I'm doing an investigation, or I'm doing a reading. You know, it's you can't just oh, I'm. Uh, what's the purpose? I always say, what is the purpose? Um, before you go do something is it to help others to help the spirits to help the people so it's it's pretty much a process for me rather than just saying oh I see a spirit like
1: yeah right so you know Kevin we you did send me some phenomenal things to read during the Halloween episode and actually I had to cut it into two and you the only person who made it into two you know part one and part two and so you spent some time at a prisoner of war camp in vietnam and the little video i saw shows that you encountered so so much can you go into more detail about this phenomenal investigation
0: sure i was in vietnam last year you know with some of my friends, we we're just touring around. and I thought, when I'm going to these these places, we went to Vietnam and Cambodia, and I thought, well, I'm going. To, we're going to go to the Hanoi Hilton, which is where Senator McCain was kept, and a lot of POWs from the Vietnam War. It's the famous, you know, prison camp POW camp during the Vietnam War. But then it's been a prison for a hundred years before that, so mm. it's always been a horrible place. Yeah, if you were sent there. So North Vietnam, the capital of Vietnam now, is Hanoi. So we went there and we literally travel. I travel, you know, it takes 24 hours just to get there, it seems like. And I walked in, I thought, okay, I'm gonna open up. And I have a you know ritual that I do to, to kind of open up my energy because I'm always closed until I open. I think that's a healthier way to go through life with, with abilities. So I opened up and I walked around, you know, and it's a tour, you know, self-guided tour. And I thought, okay, there's tourists here, and there's you know, little signs, and this is where this happens, and all of a sudden, I had opened up, which meant I sensitized myself to whatever I could pick up. I was going to say, what's the energy like? Are there any active spirits? So I opened up, and I walked around, and all of a sudden, I started feeling dizzy, like I'm on a, on a ship. I'm kind of kind of like whoa every room was was like whoa for me dizzy Mm. and for me dizzy means residual energy I'm reading the energy that has been infused into the walls to the floors to the ceilings from the prisoners that were there I didn't pick up on any active spirits because what spirit wants to be hanging out in a damn prison? They're going to be like once they're if they died there, they're getting the hell out. Let's right, their ticket out. So I was picking up on all these, you know, a couple of centuries worth of energy that was stuck in there. And for me, I feel dizzy when it's residual, no active energy. But I was each room I was getting okay. It's, I'm dizzy. What's the emotion I'm getting? So I, I opened up my feelings and like. I'm getting dread, I'm getting fear, anxiety, all those things that a prisoner would have when they're locked up, when they're not eating, you know, it's just all those horrible emotions that were absorbed into that structure I was feeling, so I was sensible, what am I feeling? Oh, okay, I'm, just, what I'm getting I'm getting fear, I'm getting panic, mean, I got different kind of emotions as I walked through the facility, and it was sad, it was really sad, it's like, oh my god, first of all, who's going to be in prison uh, to begin with, but then such horrible conditions in that particular prison um, just made me, you know, read that, that emotional energy, so that's what I did when I walked through, is I was just feeling in different parts, you know, this is where the women were, this is where the men were, this is where they were chained, this is the little tiny rooms for whatever, so I was able to pick up on the The energy, the residual energy, the energy that's left behind in these spaces, emotionally charged spaces. So that's what I was doing. Is I was just reading it and recounting, and then I just made a quick video, which I put on my YouTube channel or my website, just recounting how I felt. I literally had to step out of that facility to do it because it was just whoa, way too much. I mean, if you're on a ship, that's like. At sea, and you're zipping all around, and you're walking like you're drunk. You know, it's like I needed to like get away from from that energy. And so I just did a quick minute, minute and a half tour, mental tour of what I went through. So it was, it was phenomenal, and it was sad. I mean, it was sad. I mean, of course, being in a prison would be would be horrible. But to be able to read that energy, and and through training, I you know, understood. Okay, I'm just dealing with residual versus an active spirit trying to reach out to me. I did not pick up on that at all at that location.
1: Right. Yeah. And I think it's phenomenal that you were there and able to just experience that. And and that is horrible, you know, prisoner of war, missing in action. I can't even imagine. And it's kind of like when I go to somewhere like Waverly Hills or, you know, like old prisons or, tuberculosis hospitals and stuff. You just you feel the what I call the 3 Ds, despair, depression, death. And you could just feel it. You could feel the sadness and the anger resonating through that area. And that makes sense that you would feel something there, like you said. I mean, it was 100 years it was a prison and then for military purposes, like, you know, capturing people and Just imagining all the people who went in and out of there, and I'm sure there weren't many people who left there alive. And that's just so heartbreaking. And so, do I remember correctly, was it this one? Was it this recording that I played where, like, basically two higher-ups were in battle with each other?
0: So oh, that was in Cambodia.
1: Okay, yeah. I was going to ask about Cambodia next.
0: <laughs> so part of the trip, you know, we're going, we're seeing these nice things. This other place we went to in Cambodia, so from Vietnam to Cambodia, was a city called Siem Reap, Cambodia, hmm. which has a temple called Angkor Wat. And so that's like an ancient, ancient temple that was built by the Hindus when they were in charge of that city. It's a huge, grand capital city created by Hindus. And then, of course, multiple wars, and then they lost out to the Buddhists. The Buddhists took over, and they've probably been there longer than the Hindus were. So I thought, okay, this is interesting. Let me just walk again. There are tourists everywhere. They're literally just like, okay, don't run into this person. um, (laughs) But look over here and read this sign or whatever. And I thought, okay, what I'm going to do is I mean, I kind of disengage from the visual of the people and, like, open up again. And I had my ritual of... It's nothing, you know, major to to open up for me. It's the intention. The intention, you know, the focus, and I literally feel like I'm just opening up my chest cavity. You know, it's just my little ritual of doing it. Everyone has their own different way of doing it. So I open up to say, okay, what am I going to feel here? Am I going to feel residual energy? Am I going to feel, am I going to active spirit? So I just said, okay, open up, open for business, let's see what I can feel. And all of a sudden, I felt the presence of an active spirit in the sense that I wasn't dizzy, it was an active spirit which I was able to engage, I get us using my ability to sense and feel, uh, oh, okay, I feel like I've got a Buddhist monk. Hmm. wait a minute, I've got a Hindu priest. I felt like these are two different people, one was on my left side, one was on my right side. (laughs) Which meant to me, like, okay, they're not together; they're separately. Okay, I just, I just felt that. That's where they were. I didn't see them, and you don't need to see them to be able to to gather all this good information. But sensing and feeling is able to gather all that information. So I just kind of opened up and said, "Give me a tour, you know?" Or, "What have you got to say?" And it was interesting how they were. The Hindus started like saying, "This is basically this. This is the temple that we." And the capital city that we built, it's gorgeous. It was very beautiful until the Buddhist took it over, and the Buddhist was like arguing with the Hindus because they were they didn't like each other. And I was like, "What's with this little argument?" I just felt like this one's like this. You know, it was really nice until these people took over. and This like you know we made this place look better. This is you know holier place. It was just a weird energy of just bits of information. I get a sense of there was a disagreement between the two. And after the Hindu kind of went off of the Buddhist, the the Buddhist uh, monk kind of just that energy left me. I literally was like, where did it go? I just didn't feel it near me. And then the the Hindu uh, holy man was continuing just to talk about, you know, what was going on there. And, and I got a sense, you know, that they're fighting. They're still fighting that we're still left behind to protect that their holy temple. Were fighting I felt like that they had the Buddhists that were left behind to protect the temple in one part of the facility and the Hindu holy people were in another part and they were still at war with, with the spirits that were there to protect the, that holy space were still at war with each other and this gave them an opportunity to kind of come together and to kind of plead their case or at least explain what was going on. And I was like, this is fascinating. These people are still at war, even today. And how many people are going there that are opening up to give them an opportunity to talk about what's going on or to, to communicate with them? Probably not many because the tourists are just looking and what's what that's pretty. Oh, my God, we got to go up there. we got to go up there. <laughs> um, but I was, I was completely just wanting to, to see what was going on. With the energy there. So that's, I picked up on some active spirit energy versus, you know, residual energy. So that was phenomenal. That was totally different.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah, I remember for the first time listening to that back in October for my episode, and I was just like, that is amazing. (laughs) And it makes sense that, you know, when you make something and it's supposed to be a spiritual holy place. You, you turn it into what you want. You have an idea in your head. You Everything is put where it needs to be. And so it makes sense that, hey, somebody else, hundreds of years later come, and all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, why are you doing this? Why are you changing this? If I wanted it like that, I would have done that. You know, like So I could totally see the, hey, leave this alone. I worked really hard on this, but then I could also see the, hey, this is mine now, and I wanna make it mine by doing different things. And I could see how person A would want it this way, and person B would be like, no way. And so were you able to help resolve this hundreds and hundreds of years feud?
0: No, not at no. all. No, yeah. Um, because this was this is ancient, hundreds and hundreds of years ago, Yeah, that one group took over and conquered the other group, so they had lost that ability to, to occupy it. And so they were angry. They, I mean course someone kick you out of your you know city and your house you'd be pissed off so it was never resolved right It's just the way it was back in the day you conquer it's yours you get the spoils so they were still angry and now there's nothing i could do because the buddhist was was gone after you know the hindu was starting to argue with him and say bad things about what they've done but no i don't want to talk about it so it sounds like their their energy is still you know at war with each other and i purposely did not do any research on that on that location i didn't want to know anything about the location so after i got this i created a quick video of that encounter rather than just writing it up it's kind of fun to see the visuals of it and then i went back to do some research so okay what I'm like holy shit yeah there you go there was a war and oh that's what happened so i purposely didn't want to know anything about it so i wasn't going to be you know, using that knowledge for my experience. So it was fascinating to learn about what was going on. So yeah, in that case, it was active energy. And I knew that because I was able to engage and have a, you know, conversation or or hear words using my clairaudient ability.
1: Yeah, I think that's just absolutely phenomenal. And it's so neat that you're able to just do so much traveling and, conduct these investigations and i that's something i've always wanted to do get out of the united states go to other places i have a huge paranormal bucket list of places that i eventually would like to go to and it's pages long and you know probably won't be able to do any of them but i think it's really neat that you're able to besides vietnam and cambodia which are phenomenal enough, are there other out-of-the-country investigations that you would like to talk about?
0: I, let me say, I mean, I traveled the world, you know, for fun or for work back in the day, but I, I hadn't properly trained myself, so I don't have anything outside of the, the U.S. No, I don't have anything really interesting like, like that, because once, once I went through training, the best training in the world is in, is in England, uh, yeah. we call it Hogwarts when we go it's called the Arthur Finley College <laughs> that's really the that's the ultimate place for training psychics and mediums and it really fine tunes your skill like I said you may have wonderful abilities and natural abilities since you're a wee child but I always say it's important to, to train and develop them so that you can go to these places open up, open up and understand what's going on go in with an intention understand what your ritual is to open to close all those things rather than just kind of fumbling into crazy environments so right I don't I don't have any anything outside of the country but I do have some interesting ones around the country that I've been to um, one time I went to a place for Thanksgiving a couple of years ago in a lovely historic home you know which has a little plaque on it and everything and it's, People live in it, uh, my friends live in it, and we had a group over there, and they was like, oh, we have a ghost here, we have a ghost here, you know, like, mm, okay, I'm going to just mind my own business, and kind of see if I can pick up on anything, yeah. and what I did is, when they were giving a tour, you know, I'm up here, and it's really old, old, old house, and I walked into this one room, and I, I felt dizzy, and then thought, something and I felt the anxiety of emotion. I then walked in and found out. Okay, this is a room that a small child had died in. Mm. Okay, and then here is these these blood stains on the floor oh, in geez. the wood are from this this episode, and we couldn't get it up out of the wood. So yeah, there are some blood stains here, and they were literally on like oh, that's pretty pretty play. And then. So, okay, I got a sense of, okay, there was, this is perhaps a possible, once everyone went down, had dinner, went in, you know, after dinner, everyone's chit-chatting, I went upstairs and sat down in that room and opened up, and when I did, I got this young male energy that came forth, was very playful, very nice, and it was his room, and he was telling me that, you know, he'd liked the the people who lived in the house, and he wasn't stuck there. It seemed like I opened up and kind of brought his energy back. But he said he didn't like the young man that was that was there. Hmm. Like which one? The one that's mean to him. Oh. Like, ooh, what do you mean to him? Ah, this is. And I tapped into this young man, probably a young adult who had died there as well. I thought, oh, it was somebody. Then I later found out who had hanged himself in that house wow and this this is the, this is the young man or the young adult that this kid did not like because he was mean to him or he was it was you know he wasn't a fun person and I picked up on that energy and I thought oh this young man who hanged himself did not want to come over here and chit chat and literally his energy ran from me because he came close but then it ran and I thought we, oh, he went to the attic I said, "Why?" I just felt like he went to the attic. And I thought, well, I better, hmm, okay. I don't know how to get, if there is an attic, I don't know how to get there. So I'm not going to go chase him. But I felt this young man did not want to, to communicate. He was troubled. His energy is still troubled. It's almost kind of stuck troubled oh. versus this younger kid who's kind of like in and out. Um, so I went down and asked about this. Uh, so he's like, oh, yes, person hanging himself right here on the chandelier above the, table that we all had thanksgiving dinner on I thought, okay wow and they, i said is there an attic here he said oh yeah let me show you so and and i remember i thought there was a door in the corner of this initial room that i was sitting in i thought i bet you that's how we get up there but i didn't want to go open the door so of course we went to that room he opened up that door and there were the stairs to the attic went up there it was a nice little room but i thought ah the energy of that man who hanged himself is over here and behind. He's hiding from everybody. He has a, his place to hide is in the attic. And then he was hiding from us even further in the attic. So I was able to sense his energy and his unwillingness to communicate or to reach out. So that was a troubled soul that I kind of tracked through the house and literally, like, was chasing him by just going with the people. Like, oh, we're going up to his space and then he his energy disappeared further back. So... It was fascinating. I felt like that was kind of a stuck energy. Who had, and I later found out, was kind of nasty to the to the homeowners. Pushed one of the, the folks, and you know, down the stairs a bit. So, you know, that was an interesting little investigation, which I wasn't expecting to do. But it was a Thanksgiving. I had a little time there, so I just went upstairs and became the instigator, <laughs> instigator, investigator. <laughs> <laughs> but it was pretty fascinating to understand, you know, those energies that are, I feel quote unquote stuck, and those that are just yeah. I used to live here, and I'm just coming into visiting and coming and going, coming and going. So that was fascinating, and some residual energy. Yeah, that was some pretty horrible stuff that happened in that room with that sickness, right? Which is kind of stuck there. So it was kind of like a an all in one experience there. Bonus that I didn't expect.
1: What a phenomenal encounter for sure and I'm sure that your friends living in that historic house, I'm sure they were grateful that you were able to go there and you know just you know for Thanksgiving dinner mind you, but also to just communicate with the spirits you know and to and... confirm
0: that they weren't crazy.
1: Absolutely <laughs> I when
0: they were like yeah, yeah. I said, you're absolutely right you definitely have and this is who that energy this is who I felt that energy pushed you was this young man and I said this is the way you handle him you know treat I would say we've got a bad spirit in your house treat them like a bad kid I would say you've got more more power than they do because they're trying to operate on our vibrations but they can't quite do that so treat them like a bad kid you know or a kid that's you know you're in the kitchen and you want you know you don't want the kids in the kitchen you tell them get out get out kitchen go 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 Yeah, that way you're not welcome here or you're not welcome when I'm here or get out of this house or get out of this room so that's the way they they manage that spirit and they haven't been bothered since
1: Wow that is awesome that's great take,
0: take control of your space right like I like to teach people take, take control if they're bothering you hey just like anybody no that's not allowed here you're not allowed to do that get out right or you can stay but you got to behave you know, all sorts of interesting techniques and tactics when I do uh, investigations or I'm doing some, you know, analysis or helping people in their situations. I don't have to be in that location to do an investigation. I can do it remotely. Absolutely. It's like, oh, "Oh, okay. And so it's important when a consultation comes up, you know, I teach people to understand their own power, their own ability to manage, you know, spirits within their their location. I've written articles about how to claim your space, how to claim your room, especially when you're going to sleep. It's a sacred place. Here's a technique. Here's a ritual on claiming your space so that you're not going to be bothered. And that's on my website.
1: Yeah, that's very cool, Kevin. And what is your website so people who are curious about that and you know maybe having some issues of their own and you know need some advice so they can check it out.
0: Sure, it's kevinpaulpsychicmedium.com.
1: Paul And on awesome. Facebook
0: it's the same thing, Kevin Paul Psychic Medium on Instagram, Kevin Paul Psychic Medium, on YouTube, Kevin you know, so I just keep it simple because I can barely keep up with, with technology sometimes these days. So keep it simple. It's always Kevin Paul Psychic Medium on whichever social media platform that that you're on. I'm probably on there. linking to other my other sites because we have to create a spider web for social media right? because every, everyone's on different things you know, not everyone's on Facebook not everyone's on this True. so my website is definitely where I also keep everything it's like home base so definitely go to my website and then you can read about my investigations see some videos uh, there's a section on terminology definitions because in this field there's all sorts of different ways of describing the same thing usually so I like to put like these are the definitions that I've gathered from all sorts of people or websites or some of my tutors so it's important to to have a base vocabulary so there's a section on definitions for the paranormal
1: that's smart for sure and that is nice that I'm like you, Kevin, where everything with me is Paranormal Prowlers. Paranormal Prowlers, that's my book, that's my radio show, that's the podcast, that's how you can find me on social media. And, you know, I've had, like, one person, a friend of mine, actually Barry Fitzgerald from Ghost Hunters International. He's a really neat guy. I've had him on a couple times with my radio show, and hopefully he'll be on soon on the podcast. But, yeah, when I first did the podcast, he's like – you know, maybe you should try to rebrand, you know, sometimes people kind of steer clear from the word paranormal, even in the paranormal community. And I thought so long and hard about it. And in the end, I ended up doing I didn't rebrand, you know, I was like, you know, people know me as that, you know, they're not gonna know me as a different name. And I even came up with different names. But I was just like, you know, I think I got to kind of you know, and it's nice when people give you advice, especially someone so well known like Fitzgerald. But I'm like, at the same time, I'm like, you know, I think I need to just I've been paranormal prowlers for so long. I think I need to just stay where I am. And and that's what I've been. so I totally get why it's like, OK, Kevin Paul, psychic medium, you know, it's like that's how people know you. That's, you know, and exactly. yeah, you'll Make get it
0: simple for everybody. Absolutely. Enough,
1: I right? know. <laughs> I know, for sure. So it's like, yeah, I totally see why you did that, too. That's smart. So yeah, you guys, be sure to check out that page. And so, Kevin, what are some of your most memorable encounters and experiences when it comes to being a medium and a paranormal investigator?
0: Are you looking for paranormal investigation stories or actually as a medium when I'm doing readings with with people and picking up on their Past loved ones, which which would you like to hear about?
1: Oh, let's talk. You know what? It's twenty twenty. We've had so many bad things happen. Let's talk about past loved ones because we all have that in our lives.
0: Exactly. Well, as a medium, I mean, some mediums, you know, just do paranormal investigations. Well, I also do evidential mediumship work, which is doing readings for people, and evidential in the sense that. Instead of me saying, I've got your grandmother here, and she has this message for you. We're taught as, especially in in England, is to provide evidence. So I'm going to pick up on this energy. I'm going to know, I'm gonna, I've am going. got a female, and, and I have them come to me and stand in different spots. And I say stand, not like I'm seeing them, because I sense and feel them. I'm going to put, so I'll know their relationship to the person. This is a produce like a mother mother or like a mother and then i'm going to tap into their personality i'm going to describe who this person was what their personality was like uh what did they like to do what did they do with you so that i'm giving you evidence so yeah you absolutely have my grandmother and from then that point We've established credibility. We've established. yeah, I feel comfortable. I've got this person. You feel comfortable. I have this. Good, this person. because I provided real specific. And sometimes I can get a name, and I've got an S or Sarah. Yes, that's her name. Okay, great. We've got her. Let me see what message she has for you. Yeah. And so then, evidential mediumship goes from evidence. You've got them. You confirm it. Now, what message do they have? Or messages do they have for you? So that's my standard. And I've had some fascinating readings with people who, for example, I've got this grandmother who came through and they don't have to speak the language that I do because it all gets worked out. You know, there's a translation I'm picking up on them. I mean, I don't need to have been able to speak their language when they were alive. So that doesn't matter. Yeah. So this one came through and I thought I've got her personality, how she, you know, what she was like, what her worst, her relationship was what did they do together and then i asked and i don't always ask how did you pass that's part of the evidence and my objective is to paint them back to life and to create a reunion and they don't always like to bring like okay how'd you die okay yeah we, we knew she died of a heart attack uh but this case i felt like it was important part of the evidence i said how did you pass this is me in my mind speaking with her past loved one and she said my head was on fire oh wow okay. Head was on fire. I thought to myself, is that my active mind filling in the blank and guessing? I said, no, this is how I gather information. This is the accurate route. I'm going to go with it. So I said, she said, this is weird, but she said her head was on fire. Does that make any sense to you? She said, oh, my God, you got my grandmother. I said, please explain. She said, well, she was shot in the head by the Mexican cartel. (gasps) what and I thought I know that's what I said oh my god I said what an elegant way of saying that he was shot in the head because her head was on fire wow and and that was like um, I mean I had this is amazing stuff that comes through with evidence sometimes so she had a lovely message for her her granddaughter and and I said okay who else do we have I said She's bringing some young man forward, and and I felt like she had her arm around this young man that she was bringing forth up. It has to be her son or her brother, and I got a bit of who he was, and I said, wait a minute, did he die at the same time?
1: Mm. And she's
0: like, oh, no, 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 he did not die, because I feel like it's the same. And he said, no, no, he, he didn't die at the same time. But he, later in life, was shot in the head by the Mexican cartel as well. What? I thought, I know, I'm like, okay, there you go. Oh, my God. That's, that was the same same I got. I just couldn't quite, I didn't see it as like a different time period, but I just definitely got the same. It was not the same time, but they don't know. And they were both killed the same way at different times.
1: Oh, that's mind-blowing.
0: So, so that's um, that's that's pretty amazing Yeah. to have that kind of a story. Otherwise, I would get messages from people who who had just recently passed you know they want to talk sometimes I can you know by request I'm going to talk to my sister or my mother which is not normally the way we operate or we're, we're taught to to open up like whoever comes and grabs the phone first to talk us is the one who gets no, this one wants to talk to somebody who recently passed and so I you know, been trained to do that, and I've got this, this young woman who had, who just passed like the week before, mm. and so I wanted to get some evidence of who she was, what's her personality, what was she like, and I got all this you know wonderful personality information, and then all of oh, how did she pass? And I got there's this was sudden, this was a, this was sudden. It wasn't something that she was suffering with, so I. Like this, this woman. I feel that she had, she passed suddenly, and wait a minute, she's taking responsibility for it, and that's typically when someone has committed suicide. Yeah, and so she had. In this case, she also used a gun, and uh, she didn't give me those details, but she took responsibility. Yes, I'm taking responsibility for my past. So it was, it was pretty phenomenal to get. These two different scenarios, you know, when people take responsibility for it and they don't want to talk about the details, I will get a, you know, I'm taking responsibility for my passing. And I get, since it was quick and sudden, uh, versus my head was on fire. Yeah. Um, so we, we gather information differently. But it's amazing how you can get this kind of detail and their personality. I love being able to paint back these people, you know, to right. provide you a reunion you know where I'm seeing this old man I'm thinking oh my god what kind of looks like you and see are a father or a grandfather and then oh he's playing the piano and I see you by the piano and he's kind of showing you how it's done mm-hmm. and then I say I see him outside in the dirt shoveling and then all of a sudden you know, I like, get getting the download and all of a sudden I see on this little boat you know, like just rolling out to a different part of, you know, the city or whatever, and what I was doing I was getting bits and pieces of his grandfather, his Irish grandfather, hmm. and he was like, "You nailed it." You know, I felt like he was here because I was giving his personality and the things, he did. and I was actually doing some of the motions. I see him digging like this. This was in one of the uh, classes I went to, and literally sitting knee to knee to the person. So many times I can mimic their activity just by tapping into their energy. So that was phenomenal. And he had a lovely message and he had never heard from his grandfather before, which he loved. Yes, he did look like his grandfather. Um, He was told by his, by his parents. Yeah. So I was picking up those little details and seeing using my clairvoyance in my mind is you can have clairvoyance. You can see the image in your mind or you can see the image outside of your body. So there's a bit of clairvoyance in that reading, but I felt him, I sensed him, and was able to paint him back to life, and then provide him a message, and that's truly the goal of of mediumship, is to paint them back to life, and to provide you a reunion with your past loved ones.
1: Right. It's it's
0: phenomenal, it's healing. This is a ministry of healing, uh, to be able to allow you to communicate, allow them to communicate back, and... Have them tell you, "Oh yeah, I'm always with you," or "I, this is what I do. I'm here to inspire you. I'm here to protect you." Whatever their message may be, it could be a variety of different messages. And I can even get, you know, nasty and mean parents that I can pick up on. Oh, I'm thinking to myself, "This is a horrible, horrible mother." Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I'm when I'm getting the download, I thought, "Oh my God, this poor guy has this mother who was." You know, not very nice to him, you know, not very loving, uh, very judgmental. And because I'm painting her back to life and I thought to myself, mm, well, I'm doing it. Oh, this is not a very nice woman. And she wasn't. He confirmed that. Oh, yeah, she wasn't. Yeah, that's exactly the way she was. She didn't really pay me much attention. She didn't give me much, you know, love and attention. Oh. And then his father appeared, but on the opposite side of me, like in other parts that, oh these people are separate they yeah. don't want anything to do with it. he's like they hated each other huh. like, okay yeah i can see that <laughs> and it's and when and i said i think i've got your father he says why is he here and i said let's find out <laughs> so painting him back to like this was an abusive this is a man who was physically abusive mentally abusive Aww. to his son Jeez. and i'm getting the download here and like okay what kind of work did you do with the airplanes I said, all i see is airplanes yeah he was an air traffic controller and I said, okay, and I see this, I see that and this man came with an apology as did oh. the mother the mother was truly sorry the father just felt like he had to say it you know, I'm sorry, you know, I, I should have been better and they both are trying to, to provide a message of apology i like, yeah, now that we are past, we're able to look and review our lives and realize, okay, we didn't do the best job here we want to, you know provide an apology for who we were and and what we didn't provide you. So it was, it's very healing. Sometimes people need time to process something like that. But I have gotten um, those, those messages where they're, they're coming to apologize Um, or they're coming to, to give you a high five or say you're doing a great job or, you know, it could be anything with these messages. It could be absolutely anything. They could have been deaf in in real life and I'm seeing this woman who is, you know, using her hands a lot, and I was like, oh, she's, I see, like, you know, when you applaud and you're deaf, you do it a certain way, I was seeing that, and I was like, what's, oh yes, yeah, she was deaf. Yeah. So, it doesn't matter what language, if you could even speak, we're still able to tap into that, and we're taught how to tap into that vibration, that energy, hook into it, get the download, Get confirmation and then provide the message. And these messages are amazing, healing, and sorrowful. I mean, young children who have passed to people who have lived an old, old age have come through, and it's just amazing. I'm always in awe of my ability to do that, but also kind of humbled by the experience and the healing that true mediumship readings can provide.
1: Right. Oh my God. Absolutely. And I think it is such a, I think it, in my opinion, it has to be one of the most precious gifts that you're able to relay messages from loved past ones to the people who still very much love them and miss them. And, you know, I think I can speak for all people that we've all lost somebody In our lives that we love and care about and still think about, you know, and Uh I think that it is so special, like, I've had some amazing conversations with very gifted mediums where they were able to talk with me about you know, giving me messages from loved ones. I, I hate to say, but I started losing people at a very, very young age, you know, um, I was very familiar with death, probably like around, you know, I mean, I lost a very good cousin of mine to suicide when I was, I believe five, I, I just and living wow. in New Mexico as a child, we lost a lot of people from car accidents. I was actually supposed to be in the car with uh my dad's right-hand woman of his business. She wanted to go to the mall or something, which was an hour away, and I was supposed to go, and I was so mad when my dad said no. And we <laughs> lived right across the street from a fire department and all of a sudden, and we lived in a tiny town, so you know when you hear sirens, it's like, oh no, what happened to so, you know, who, what happened to who? Because we know who it is probably. And yeah, right, semi right. ran right into them and she was killed. And it was, you know, from suicides to accidents to murders to natural causes, I've experienced it all. And so wow. I, I love that. That's why it's like mediums are some of my favorite people. I'm able to just, get these messages from them. And I have to say that has to be better than any present. Like, you know, it's like, if somebody put a car, right? Yeah, if somebody put like a, a brand new car in front of me, or communication with a loved one, I would have to go with the loved one, you know, I could save money for a car, I can get that myself, it might take a while. But, you know, when you have a message from a friend or a family member, that's not here anymore i think that is like gold you know to me that's absolute gold
0: i i agree i love getting messages as well when you know when i'm doing training and you know we're practicing on the other mediums or in class they'll pick up on my father all the damn time he's always coming through so my dad is a chatty 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 dad so um, (laughs) but i always love receiving him as well like oh wow that's really really cool I find it truly phenomenal when I'm doing these readings. i almost kind of observing from the outside, like this, this magic, this healing, this this really amazing experience. And I'm just in shock and all my ability to do that. But you know, it it takes practice. We yeah. just don't wake up to being able to do it. You gotta practice. You gotta make your mistakes. You gotta bomb. <laughs> it's like you know, shooting a basket. You miss the rim. And, and everyone's like, you know, like, oh God, that was horrible. But it's like, oh man. But from your from your mistakes, you you fine tune and you fine tune your craft, and you can make you know better decisions and better techniques and use better techniques and have a better reading from readings that didn't go so well. So it does take practice, and it takes a lot of time. They say to be a good medium, it takes three to five years to to mm. do the work to really get your craft you know, honed to a really accurate ability. It's like, wow, this stuff makes work. Right. So uh, it's It is. It's definitely an honor to do that, but it does take work and training to get there. But when you do get there, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal from both ends, you know, for me to be able to do that and then for you guys to, to receive those messages. And yeah. To get the evidence of who they were so you're like, oh, yeah, Kevin Paul definitely has him because he's he's described her personality and what we used to do and, and so on and so forth. And it's just, it's truly an amazing experience for all involved.
1: Absolutely. I I could see why. And so... Kevin, before we end this week's episode, is there a way if somebody like me personally, I would love to get like, you know, a reading from you because it just seems like throughout the years you've done so much and have helped people. For somebody who might want to buy a reading or something from you, how is that possible?
0: Well, that's a good question. It's uh, very simple, actually, and I can do readings Over the phone, I can connect with folks over the phone. So we don't have to do it in person. You don't have to be here in Washington, (laughs) D.C. You can go to my website. I have a services page, and you can either buy a 30-minute mediumship reading or a 60-minute mediumship reading, depending on how much time you wanted. So it's just a matter of just going on and booking it through my services that way. So do psychic readings or mediumship or a mix of both either 30 minutes or 60 minutes up to up to you so you're you're given options on my uh, on my website kevinpaulpsychicmedium.com that's the best way to do it
1: cool so yeah you guys that's keep triple. that in mind you know it's if you want to have a reading do look up kevin paul and as you heard for the last for the past hour you know he he has a lot of neat encounters and experiences and a lot of you know experience doing this and so I know that I will definitely do that at some point and like I said I have dozens and dozens of people so it's kind of like hmm who will he who will come forward
0: <laughs> exactly exactly it's nice that you know you have when some people like I only have one person who passed away I'm like oh that's a tough reading you know, you you got to get the grandma, or you don't get grandma. Right, right, or
1: you're getting somebody else that this person doesn't know.
0: Right, it's like a friend or something, or somebody yeah. will come through for you, for a message for you to deliver to your you know friend or your mom or your dad or whatever. So I would say you never know what's going to, to happen, but I'm always honored to be able to, uh, to provide that ministry of healing through mediumship. It's it's just. It's just phenomenal. I'm always amazed when I do readings as well.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sure just like investigations, not one is the same, you know. I mean, sometimes they're very active or sometimes they're kind of slower. But, like, I I could only imagine with, you know, being a medium and sessions, every single one is different, you know. Some are more emotional than others and some, you know. So, yeah, that's
0: very neat. stories, happy stories. Right wonderful people not the nice people when they were alive you know it's all these that's what humans you've got all sorts and shapes and sizes and personalities and intentions so it's never a dull moment in the world of mediumship and paranormal investigations absolutely part part (laughs) of the fun right
1: oh yeah yeah i always say life would be so boring if it weren't for the paranormal and supernatural and the unknown
0: Exactly, it keeps us engaged, and and you know, reading and searching and trying to get what's what's the truth here, what's going on, and, and right. it's hard to get all the information. But the journey is what's important. I always say in our life, it's the journey rather than the end point. It's the journey that that's exciting and, and keeps us going and motivated and entertained.
1: Definitely. Good words to end by Kevin. Thank you so much for joining me. It's greatly appreciated. My
0: pleasure, Tessa.
1: And you guys, again, this is the last episode of 2020. So we get to kick 2020 in the ass, say good riddance. Yes. And we're diving. We're not jumping. We're diving right into 2021 for new adventures. And there we have it.
0: get the hell out of 2020
1: oh my god seriously there's can't get out of it soon enough for sure
0: (laughs) exactly thank you so much tessa for having me on your on your podcast it's always a pleasure to talk with you and uh, to learn more about your adventures and the good work that you do
1: oh thank you kevin and likewise with you as well keep up all your phenomenal work and helping people and yeah, absolutely. It's appreciated my friend.
0: My pleasure. Thank you.
1: What a really fun guy for sure. So shout out to Kevin Paul for being on, had an absolute blast. I especially really enjoyed when he was talking about the loved one moments and that's great. It, like I said before, I think that's the biggest gift when you can, yeah, so-and-so's okay, you know, they're, they're looking after me and I feel them. And it was actually interesting because right after we got off the phone, I was telling him, really, man, I do want to buy a session from you sometime when things aren't so stressful. And he actually started picking up on somebody and he started talking about him and describing him and things. And it's my friend Michael that I've talked about a few different times and who's in my book and stuff. So I thought that was really cool. So it'll be interesting to do an actual full-blown session, see what else Michael has to say and who else comes through. So, yeah, if you're missing someone and think they might be around and want to hear from them, you know, give Kevin Paul a message. Throw a message his way and see what he can do for you. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Yes! Listen to the others, you guys. They are all pretty fantastic. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to cry. Just head on over to any of the podcast platforms, such as CastBox, Spotify, Google Podcast, Podcast Republic, Apple Podcasts, Basically, wherever you may roam to listen to your other phantomly awesome podcasts, you'll probably find paranormal Prowlers lurking in the background.
0: This week's special city shout-outs go to...
1: Scunthorpe, England, Plainfield, New Jersey, Wheeling, West Virginia, Mustang, Oklahoma, and sandy springs georgia thank you so much you guys for taking a listen i really appreciate it please come back come back next monday and listen to the newest episode i hope you guys have a phenomenal new year's stay safe have fun see you next year